This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life, and as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. Ah, well, hello, hello, hello to my let's keep it real, keeping it real for sure. I am so excited about this week's guest. We haven't had somebody like this on. It just seems like a dog's year, but it's here now, and I'm very excited to introduce to you and tell you a little bit about Andy DeSantis before I bring him on. So Andy is a private practice dietitian, author an Instagram ooh, extraordinaire from Toronto, Canada. He graduated from the University of Toronto School of Public Health and worked ooh, previously at Diabetes Canada before pursuing private practice, authorship, and making people laugh on social media. Andy, welcome to the show. It's so nice to have you. Happy to be here, and thank you for having me. You know... It's one of these rare times that I didn't know anything about you before coming on the show. So this is very exciting to me. I'm going to be like getting to know you while the audience gets to know you. So that's always a fun time for me. So let's start at the beginning. When you were born. You ready for that one? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. We won't start from birth. But tell us a little bit. Just let's just go back. And tell us when your first interest was sparked to be in the nutrition field. Yeah, um, that's a great question. It, it could a, have been at birth. I'm not. I'm not. You know. I don't know. It definitely, uh, definitely wasn't at birth, and it was. You probably have to go at least 15, 16 years later. Um, it's 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 a fun story, but also a partially cliche one. You know, so I, I wasn't the healthiest teenager growing up. So I, I didn't okay. necessarily. I mean, I was the kid. Um, vending machines, candy, chocolate, and nothing wrong with those things per se, but that, those were like the majority of my diet. And and I started getting into nutrition simply because I didn't love the way I felt day to day. I didn't necessarily love the way I looked. I was a little bit underweight, you know, and and when I started- Well, you to were take, underweight, so I that's was, not cliche. You were underweight. Oh, yeah. right. No, you're right, actually. That part is not cliche, just, just more like the whole- Oh, I, tr- I, I found nutrition in my teens type of thing. That's the cliche. You're right though. I mean, and the funny thing is I do work with a lot of people who, who are underweight trying to, trying to gain weight. And, and mm. I can definitely, you know, understand where they're coming from because it is hard. It is hard. You know, you hear more about the opposite side of the, yeah. of the, uh, of the spectrum, but that's, that's a, a whole other world in itself. And yeah. that was where I came from. And I took a really roundabout path to kind of landing on what healthy eating meant for me. And I, I got into nutrition because I just felt like this can't be the way it has to be for people. There has to be someone who they could come and talk to before they're too far off the path and, and, and to figure out, you know, how to kind of take control of their health, especially with all the misinformation online and how hard it can be to go astray. And that's the kind of role I believe I feel right now. And uh, yeah, that's kind of how I, the, the short story of how I got there. Andy, we need to talk. I'll yep. tell you something. You ready yep. for this? I'm ready. All right. Well, I've been in this field forever too. You know, right. well, much longer than you. And yeah. you know, masters in exercise phys, whatever. But you know, nutrition pays a major part. You know, owning clubs and being a trainer and all that stuff. And if I'm confused, I think, what the freak do other people feel? You know, because not that fitness isn't confusing too. Like this is the right exercise. This is the best program, whatever. But I even feel with nutrition, I don't want to say it's more important, but you're putting this stuff in your body, you know, at least with fitness, you know, okay, you're moving, you know, movement is good. If it doesn't hurt you. And, you know, I have this, you know, feeling like, do you enjoy the movement? Okay. And like, there's certain basic things to follow, but with nutrition, and I go to a lot of conferences too, I feel that I'm always standing in front of somebody and they're totally trying to convince me of something that my whole way of life is being thrown upside down. So I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah. I mean, it's, 
I'm like, what? It, you know it, what I mean? And then someone tried to convince you this and that and, you know, the pyramid. And now we don't use that. I mean, I don't even know how to get started, but I wondered if you felt overwhelmed. Yeah, I mean, the system now is set up where shocking headlines are what garner attention. You know what I mean? Like, everyone, everyone wants to hear about this drastic new thing or this extreme new way of looking at food. And, though, and you know, and that's kind of a reflection also of just how... Wait a minute. I brought you on the show because I thought you had the magic pill, Andy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, let's see. Maybe, I, maybe by the time we're done, I'll, I'll, have, I'll, <laughs> okay. I'll, have, I'll have invented it. Give me, give me another 30, 40 minutes. Let me work on it. But okay, well, yeah, I, get I, mean, piece, I get a piece of that then, you know. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I think that was in the uh, pre-podcast contract, yeah. right? So yeah, yeah. yeah don't worry. <laughs> no, but I wonder uh, because I'm like, you know, I don't spend as much time as you investigating that area. You know, that's right. not my thing. I mean, I do a little, but I'm, I, I'm like, Duh. okay. So that's why I wanted. I have. That's my first question. Yeah. Do you get overwhelmed, and how do you feel do about the stuff coming out in research? Honestly, I personally, I mean, I don't get, I don't get overwhelmed. I have, I have a high degree in confidence in, you know, how I, how I carry myself as it relates to, to nutrition. But I am very open to having my mind changed, and I'm very open to changing. And so I'll give you an example. You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. one of the most, you know popular movements right now is is veganism vegetarianism and it's hard to it's hard to refute that eating more plants and less animals is generally for most people good for your health and no one's saying that you absolutely have to, not absolutely. becoming a vegan vegetarian per se but eating more plant-based foods and so i can say that well and i just re- i just wrote a pescatarian cookbook and I am not a strict pescatarian, but I am more pescatarian today than at any other point in my life as a result to me coming to terms with the fact that, yeah, you know what? I like eating this way. This way is. Why don't you a just talk? Most people know, but tell them what a pescatarian yeah. is just so they know. Sure, that's a great question. So a pescatarian generally will omit red meat, chicken, pork, I mean, pork, beef, poultry, things like that. Yeah. And we'll rely on fish, perhaps eggs, perhaps dairy, legumes, things like that for their protein. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Well, it's a fair question. I mean, different people practice pescatarianism in different ways, right? I mean, that's the other thing. It's like, it's really hard to, to put strict labels because everyone has their own iterations of these different types of eating styles. It, it's like religion, and we're not going to go there. But you know what I mean? Everyone makes it fit their needs, which I think is a beautiful thing. For sure. I, I think that's absolutely right. You know, everyone gets something different from different types of eating, and, and, and some people associate more strongly with their identity, some people more loosely with What's their the identity. What's the name of your cookbook? The name of my cookbook? I had to turn around in my office to, to remember it. It's the, it's the easy five-ingredient pescatarian cookbook. Oh, wait. That's you had the, me at five. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just simple, simple recipes and a little bit of discussion on why it makes sense to eat more like a pescatarian. Okay. I love that. Easy. When did you write that? That actually just came out earlier this year. It was my, uh, it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to keep track because I got quite a few projects going on writing wise. Now it was my second That's a good thing, Andy. That's the one. And yeah, 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 yeah. It's a good thing, right, right, right. But it's not a good. I mean, that's part of the reason why I have to look back and see what the title was. Now, I'm very proud of the book, um, and it reflects genuinely how I want my clients to eat. So it's not just like you know, it's not superfluous. It's it's just a legitimate way that I actually promote. You know, I promote people to eat more like a pescatarian, even if I'm not trying to convince them to become one. That's not the point. You know what I mean? Okay, so but I thought maybe I was wrong, but you said you don't totally eat that way. I just want to back up a little sec. Yeah, so I, I'm not a strict pescatarian. I eat more like one than any other time in my life, and I eat mostly like a pescatarian. But I, if I go out and I, you know, if, if what's on the menu is in, not in line with being a pescatarian, it's something I want, I'll, I'll eat it. And, and I do pescatarianism mostly for for preference and for health, not for strict ethical reasons, although there's many legitimate ethical reasons for it. So I'm not ba- I'm not bound by that in every single circumstance. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it sounds more like me. I, I eat heavy fruits 
and veggies and you know I am definitely you know more of a seafood lover for for health reasons but I eat everything do you know right. what I mean like you you would yeah. see me eating not often like I don't even think I've had it in maybe months but then I'll have you know a vegetable slice of pizza so it's not like I won't have it it's just not my weekly routine yeah no that's fair you know, it's it's about what you enjoy. You know, at the end of the day, you gotta you gotta enjoy what you do day to day. You know what I mean? If you're yeah. not enjoying, if you're not enjoying, I mean, food is is something that and, and and how you relate to food should improve your quality of life. You know, and 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 that comes from health, but also just you know how you how you like what you eat and things of that nature. So, if that works for you, beautiful. Yeah, if it works, and like you said, you said for health reasons. So there, everybody's different. I, I mean. All right, so this is another question. And actually, when when I kn- know what guest I'm having on, I'll poll people and say, hey, do you have any questions? But this one actually hit tone for me. Right. So this one was about how many veggies, you know, this is a typical question you hear all the time. How many vegetables do I have to eat every day? I feel as if I'd have to, you know, put them in a blender or a juicer to get enough in. I'm, I'm right. paraphrasing this long question. What do you think? Do you have a general or is it individual for everybody? I, well, I mean, let's just say someone can eat all the vegetables. They don't have any restrictions, you know, and they, they like them all. You know, the first thing I tell people, obviously, is the more the merrier. You know, there's no there's no cutoff point. But I think if you're having at least one or two types of vegetables per day and you're having what I would say, you know, a reasonable serving size. So what I when I say reasonable serving size, I mean, if you pull someone off the street and you show them how many you show them a picture of what you ate for dinner. They'd be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's a good amount of vegetables there." That's what I mean. So if you think it would pass that test, I think you're having a good amount of vegetables at your meal. You know what I mean? And obviously, okay. different color. If you can have two different types of colored vegetables every day, maybe you could have spinach and bell pepper, or spinach and tomato, or kale and tomato. That's a good kind of benchmark as well. Um, but I think worrying about having enough is a good problem to have because that means you're having some to begin with. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Uh, I'm yeah. much more no, concerned. No, I, I get that. that. Yeah. Yeah, that means you're thinking about it. Yeah. And what about frozen? Frozen? Yeah. Beautiful. Not a problem. You know what I mean? Okay. There's nothing, nothing wrong with frozen vegetables. Obviously, uh, they're convenient. They're economical. And uh, yeah, I mean, I myself personally, I love frozen fruit. You know, I have it all the time. It's wonderful. I, my life got much better you know, when I'm I discovered so frozen mangoes. I'm so glad you said that because yeah. where we live right now, yeah. It's slim pickings. Like I, I, so for me, it's not a sacrifice to have fruit. I freaking love fruit. You know, right. I would choose that most times right. for my sweet. I mean, that's my area of my area of weakness would be more the salty. Like that's why I love pizza or chips. So I'm not like as far as sugar, that's not a weakness of mine. And I'd much rather, you know, bite my teeth into an apple or a peach. But right now, ugh, like when you go out, it's start to get yeah. rough. And so my girlfriend's like, well, let's just buy frozen. And I thought about it and I thought, you know what? Duh. Most of the time I'm putting them in shakes anyhow. It probably would be better if I got them frozen. Honestly? Frozen right? I mean, fruit? What do you think about like frozen fruit, putting them in smoothies and, you know, and all that stuff? I'll do you one better. Okay. Smoothies, fine. No problem. But you know what? Frozen fruit, you take it out, you... About 10, 15 minutes before you want to eat it, you pour it into a bowl. It's actually a wonderful, a wonderful thing just to have as is. You don't need to blend it. You know, frozen mango, frozen strawberries, which are... You know what? I've never... I have to tell you this. This is crazy. I've never... I, unless I've had it at a house and I didn't know it. I've never had frozen fruit that well, wasn't blended. Well, well, thank me later because you're, you're going to enjoy it. You're going to enjoy <laughs> it. That's frozen so mango I, is... I, yeah. I always think, okay, well, it's frozen, so put it in the blender. Do you know what I mean? And le- that doesn't mean I wasn't a guest somewhere and didn't have any. So I'm going to put that down. Ooh, I'm so ex- You don't know how happy you made me because I start yeah. getting really sad. Well, for two reasons. One, right. it starts getting dark here now at 5 o'clock because we had daylight savings time. Yep, same. So I do not like that. And number two, the fruit. Like I was like, ah. Oh. So now I'm so excited. All right, I have to ask you, though, because I know you're yeah. up there in Toronto. Yeah. When does it get dark up there now? Do you do the daylight savings time and everything? I should know this, but I don't. We do. 5 p.m. It's dark now. It's 5, 5 p.m. is sunset. 
You know, somebody's got to realize that when people get out of work now, it's dark. I mean, come on, you know, so it limits the time you can do things outside. I guess you have to get up early in the morning to do it. Pretty much. I, you know, it, it is, you know, it's, it sucks now, but then we enjoy it more uh, when it's good out, when it's warm. That's, you know? that's a good so. point. That's a good point. Okay. So those were my questions that I had for you. Uh, about the veggies except for then we got into the fruit i got that good point i love that so let me just make sure with i want to be clear on the tip that we got from there frozen veggies doesn't matter fresh eating the veggies at least it would be great to have two servings a day and trying to get in two colors the more the merrier exactly Is that it yeah all right okay now let's talk and let's pretend I never said this, and hopefully you won't listen to this. Sure. My husband. We love him, Andy. Okay? Yeah. Right <laughs> okay. <laughs> Big Swedish guy. He's like 6'3", 225. He lifts, you know, four or five days a week. You know, healthy dude. Right. He eats. I'm not kidding. And he's healthy. Let's keep in mind healthy. And he's eats 95% just protein right like his this is i'm not kidding you i want to i'm getting sick to my stomach thinking about it here's his meal so he grills every sunday he, the people are going to kill me they're going to probably call him i'm probably going to get divorced after this but this is a big I'm <laughs> hopefully not no, i'm kidding it, everybody knows this about so he's a great great smoker griller you would want to come over for all his grilled foods and smoked food anything you want right his idea of a meal is a chicken leg, a pork chop, and a piece of hamburger. Right. And now and then you can slide a veggie in there. Like now and then. Right. You know, how? Why? How's that possible? And that's what leads me to my question. Like, is it, I'm not saying he doesn't eat them, but I'm telling you, it's very far. I mean, like, it's really rare, like a string bean or, or corn, you know, like, which is a string. Like, it's very rare to see him eating veggies. And I'm not kidding you. That's, he starts out his morning. He could be eating a chicken leg. How is that possible? And is it true that some people just have different blood types? I mean, I know there was a book, I, I'm forgetting the name of the book about, you know, how different blood types need different foods. Is there anything to that? And how can he get away with this? Well, yeah, that's that's uh, a loaded question. Well, you know. And you don't know him. So, like, but. Right, 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 you know right. I mean, but, uh, like, he's a healthy guy, you know. I'm inclined to say that, you know, any anyone and everyone, you know, should, you know, uh, uh, you know, excluding some sort of allergy or, or bad digestive reaction, whatever the case may be, should be working in some vegetables, right? It's hard to get away from the fact that, yeah. you know, people who eat more vegetables tend to have better health outcomes, better digestive yeah. health, vitamins, minerals, antioxidants. Yeah. That stuff is hard to replicate in other foods. You know what I mean? Now, in terms of how he gets away with it personally, I mean, the reality is he doesn't know you know, how good he might feel if he brought more vegetables into, he, into play. He might feel way uh, better, you know? Yeah, you're right. Good point. So, good point. So that's what I would say. But then also it's like, you know, then it's in, in the longer term, it's it kind of is what it is. You know, the, the evidence is there. Like vegetable intake is, you know, a fundamental part of, you know, of good health. So, how does he not crave it? You know what I mean? Like, how do you not? Oh, crave I can. It? That, that's a much easier question to answer. I can. I mean, I know a lot of people who don't crave vegetables, and and uh, you know, that's totally fair. And it's not about you know loving every single vegetable, but if just yeah. being being open to to you know, if he loves grilling, you know, a lot of vegetables go well in the grill. Zucchini. Yeah, comes I know. From, he grills. He'll tomorrow. grill them for me, which they're amazing. You know. Right. He sounds like a good candidate. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I just wondered because. I mean, I try my best, but I was wondering if there, it, I mean, there are those flukes. He, like you said, he can get away with it, but it doesn't mean he wouldn't feel better or be healthier if he didn't add those in. hundred percent. Now, what I would say as well, it's funny. This is a great time to talk about this because there's this documentary on Netflix, which is literally made for, for him. Okay. It's a documentary that is geared towards everyone but especially men who are active and who eat a lot of meat 
And it's basically telling them that, hey, it's okay to eat more plant-based and to even consider going vegan and vegetarian. It does it in an extravagant way, but it's called the Game Changers. And he needs to watch that. And okay. he and, and I'm not saying I agree with all the messages in the film. A little bit – there's a lot of liberties taken. But yeah. if there's ever a documentary that could could convince an active guy to eat more plant-based, it's that one. Oh, so good. I'm writing that down. I would write – yeah. I do know that he, like forever, as far as the meat part, he does care. And so he'll buy certain meats according to how they were raised and cared for. Right. You know, that's more the ethical stuff. And because he did watch a documentary on that, and he was like, oh my goodness. So maybe this would help. So that's cool. Or, hey, any of you listeners out there, when I talk about these things, it's because I know you have some of the same interests too. And I, I'm not the only one that's like saying they're trying to get their kids, you know what I mean, or their spouses to eat more veggies. And I'm not saying it's usually men, but I just so happen to talk to my girlfriends about it, you know, and they're trying to get their kids or their husband to eat more veggies. So I am writing that down. All right. Next question. You ready for it? Yep. How young should you start or can you start your kids out at being a vegan or vegetarian? Yeah, that's that's a great question. So if you look at the statements from all, all the major organizations who kind of make these decisions, you know, when you do it right, there's no wrong age. You know, you can raise a child vegan or vegetarian. There are certain considerations that you have to keep in mind. And for most people, unless they're very savvy, like if they're already vegan, vegetarian, they have been for a long time, they know what they're doing. Most people should probably consult a healthcare professional just to make sure that they're checking all of the boxes. You okay. know what I mean? Because what I notice in my experience in practice is that people switch to veganism and vegetarianism with good intentions. But they miss the part that, yeah, it's great to be a vegan vegetarian, but you have to it has to be well planned. It has to be done right. There are certain things that you're more likely to fall short in nutrient wise as a vegan or vegetarian only because your decisions matter more because you have less foods available to you because you're omitting a bunch of foods that you were having previously. And those foods have certain vitamins and minerals like vitamin B12 and iron and things like that. Mm -hmm. And as long as you're aware of how you can eat such such to, to make up for that, you're going to be totally fine. But if you don't put a little bit of groundwork in, a little bit of legwork in, you could run into a few issues. But eating more plant-based, more vegetarian, even more vegan, like it's associated with better health in the long term. You know what I yeah. mean? So yeah. that should not be you know, I tell my friends because every, every kid's different. There are some kids, I know people that's definitely have raised their children on eating fruits and veggies and like started them out young and then they get upset when their kid becomes a teenager and they go oh i failed i failed they won't eat their they don't want they hate veggies and fruits you know once they get older like you know we're talking 16 7 like you can't force them well i guess you could but you know what i'm saying and there's no rhyme or reason You've, if you introduce all that and they go away from it they normally come back to it but it's not like you did anything wrong you know what i mean like teenagers go through who knows what i mean do your taste buds change are they just being obstinate i don't know andy that you know that's that's a that's another like really challenging question you know that's i'm sure there are people who are devoting you know their phds to study how you know food habits in teenagers you know are changed over the years the yeah. reality is i mean to a certain extent you have to arrive at you know your eating style through your own experiences and you have to you have to want if, if you're not eating the best at some point it can only be unforced upon you so so much you know what i yeah. mean like you could you yeah. could be raised in a household where all the right foods were made available and that might increase the chance that a teenager will eat well but if it's not what they want to do if it's not what they want to do in the moment you know the chances they're going to do it you know not very high you know you hear stories all the time about kids who you know they were never allowed to eat this or that and as soon as they had freedom they rebelled and that's i don't i don't know what the right answer is to that yeah, yeah. to that specific question because especially if the, it depends on the teenager the more you go you have to eat you have to eat it it just doesn't work you know you can 
have it there at the table. You can introduce it while they're young, develop good habits. You know, it's the most that you can do. And I don't know. Most kids mean that I know. One week they're like, I absolutely hate. I mean, I know this from my own son. I absolutely hate this, you know. And then the next, you know, minute he's eating raw tuna. You know, they change. Like, don't get, don't get too upset, <laughs> you know. Sometimes little things like that can happen. Like they see their friend have it or yeah. by chance they try it. Like I'll tell you a funny story in a second about how I first tried tofu. You know what I mean? But it's one of, it's just it's just one of those things. You know what I mean? All you can do is set a good example, make healthy foods available, you know what I mean, and then and then kind of go from there. But just a funny story, you know, what I, I so I eat tofu and I love tofu, but I didn't try it for the first time. And this is a great example to, to your question. I didn't try it for the, first, for the first time until I was in my late 20s. The only reason I ended up trying it, and this is, I'm a dietitian, so I'm educated in nutrition, but I yeah. also have a history of being a picky eater, right? So reconciling those two things can be hard sometimes. But yeah. I was in a restaurant in Florida, and I didn't have a lot of money on me. And, and the only thing I could get was tofu because it was the cheapest thing, just because I only had cash on me and I had not a lot of cash. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to try tofu. And sure enough, I grew to love it from there. And so that's a purely chance occurrence. If that didn't happen, who knows if today tofu would be such a, a prominent part of my diet. Now, it sounds silly to say, especially to a dietitian. That's just the honest truth. You know what I mean? No, Things that doesn't like that sound happen. silly to say. It sounds, right. you know, that, I mean, I think it's great that, not. I don't think it's great, but it is good that you were a picky eater because you can relate to more of your clients. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're able to understand how difficult it might be for them to, you know, experiencing new things. Now, for me, sometimes it's hard because I'll try anything. Like, I love new. I'll eat. I'm very much a foodie. I, I love anything and I'll try anything. So I think it's a lot easier for me to find foods I love that are healthy. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm willing to, like, what is it? I mean, maybe I think, what's the name for... Oh, it's a fancy name for like a calf's brain or something. Do you know what I'm talking about? Or did I just make that up? For which in particular? Like a calf. Is there a fancy name for like calf's brains? Uh, or am cat? I making that up? I know that there's. I know in Scotland they have, ha- they, have, they have haggis. I, I, I have not heard about a fancy name for calves. I don't brains. know. Well, what is sweetbreads? What is that? Well, now you have me questioning. I don't know. I feel like I have to go on Google and find out. I, I don't know, but whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, but whatever. Those things would creep me out. But most times, like, I'm willing to try anything. So when you're thinking, like, I'm looking at your statement about enjoying food and, you know, poking fun at all the new food trends coming out. Yes. And just, you know, eating your favorite foods. I think it's a lot easier for someone who just embraces anything new like I'll try it I'll try it and it's a little more difficult for people that you know don't want to risk it you know and they like to play it safe they go this is what I like I know I like it I know for example when you go to a restaurant right a lot of times people want to order because they're spending so much money right they know they'll like it like do you want to really order something you've never had right and then spend all that money so maybe that's not the time to try it like when you're out at a restaurant because you it's all like how, how do I know if I'm going to like it unless they let me taste it? But when you're at home, I think it's good to experiment with stuff. You know, you can go either way with that because you could also argue that things taste better at restaurants. If there's something, there you, you're, you know, tofu is a great example. You know, a lot of my clients, they won't cook tofu at home, but in a restaurant when it's all dressed up, they'll, they love it. Oh, you know, a good know? point because the, the chef is going to make it better than you probably could make it at home. And I encourage yeah. people to eat foods they know to be healthy that they won't cook at home. Like some people refuse to cook fish at home because of the smell or their partner doesn't like it. So I say, listen, fair enough. Make sure you have them when you go out as a compromise. So that's how that's how I usually advise people when it comes to eating out. You know, what's so funny is yeah. the fish doesn't bother my family, but every time I cook broccoli cauliflower or brussels sprouts they come in like they're they're vomiting and i don't even notice the smell i don't know if anybody's ever said that to you they're like oh my god that smells so bad and i don't smell it there are genetic differences in the way we taste and smell things now i'm not i'm not aware that there's uh 
there's differences in how we and how we smell specific things coming out of broccoli. It could just be they don't like the smell. But uh, hey, you know maybe it's genetic. Yeah, you don't know. Yeah. So you know. let's let's. This is a big question, and I got right. this a lot from different people. But this could be like a three-day podcast, so we'll just. Right. I think I know what you're, ta- what you're gonna ask. Okay. I don't know. Go ahead. <laughs> you were mentioning I'm going through some tips and you know takeaways. I want to make sure that we we touch on most of them, and we have, but. The biggest thing is, well, the two questions is, what do you think of the keto diet? What right. do you think of the Mediterranean diet? Like, which of these do you think, hey, they're not bad to have, you know? Like, there's, right. what do you, you know, you know where I'm going. Like, they, that's one of the I, biggest questions, like, which is what you're saying. There's, you know, I don't, like you were saying, vegan and vegetarian is hot right now but that's not i don't know if that's a trend there's not like a specific diet like keto you know what i mean right or well i mean the mediterranean which mediterranean you know i get like so that's what's the other one i'm thinking of that's a really hot one that's a i'm going blank well there's paleo there's all all these things are just different names of the same there's also intermittent fasting which i'm not sure if that's what you're referring to that that's not really a yes, diet yeah that's not a diet yeah. per se but no no i wasn't thinking of that because I, I that hit here like in my world like two years ago but yeah um but go ahead yeah i mean, I mean what are your thoughts look there's there's a few things i mean anytime something says diet after it i'm all it's i'm always a little bit skeptical you know, I the more paleo, you're right. That paleo has been hot for a while now. Yeah, and paleo is relatively similar to keto, with some yeah, you know, some 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 exceptions here and there. You know, the more it's funny though because if you ask me, you know, what makes a, a quote unquote diet good or bad, I would say you know the more foods it cuts out, the more concerned I would be about it. That's what I might say. But then if you if you challenge that you can see like a vegan diet which i would support someone doing much more readily than a keto diet does cut out a lot of foods you know what i mean so you can see yeah. how there's um there's there's some gray area there the reality oh, another is one's whole yeah. 30 whole 32 another big one right 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 and then i know that has like a whole cookbook associated with it and all that stuff you know look if you ask me you know at baseline i don't love the keto diet because it omits so many foods, f- fruits, legumes, whole grains, starchy vegetables, like sweet potatoes, foods that people enjoy, foods that are extremely healthy. But that's not to say that someone can't find health and happiness doing a keto diet, eating salmon and kale and avocado every day. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. there's definitely, like, I respect, I respect people's choices to pursue a style of eating they want, but... It, you know, it pains me to see someone omitting foods they enjoy just to fit into a category of eating. You know what I mean? I do. So there's there's a fine there's a fine line between those two things. Now the Mediterranean diet is very well studied and it's associated with great health. And the Mediterranean diet, to be honest, is essentially trending towards more vegetarian, more plant based. Yeah. But it's it just says, you know what? I still have your meat, your chicken and eggs, and your milk, but don't have it too much. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like vegetarian light, which is honestly basically what I do. And that's funny. That's Mediterranean diet. And I don't label it myself in any way. But if I had to pick a style, Mediterranean diet is probably actually what I do. Funny enough. Yeah. You know so what's there, funny? There you it's, go. Me too. it's me too. Yeah. It's, I didn't know what it was, but I started looking into it a couple of years ago. And I'm like, yeah, it's pretty much the way I live my life. Right. And it's not the name of the diet is what makes you yeah. healthy. It's the fact that you're having protein from a variety of of sources like fish nuts and seeds legumes you're eating fruits and vegetables you call that whatever you want you call the unicorn diet it doesn't matter it's that that's what makes you healthy you know what i mean so so when people come if they're already on that will you work within those parameters yeah look if someone comes in that's very rare that I get someone coming into my office who's already on the keto diet, it's more likely they're coming in and they and they they're gonna ask my opinion on it. But if someone comes in and they, they are adamant that they do the keto diet and they just want me to help them do it as healthy as possible, 
I respect someone's choice to do that. All yeah. you know what I mean, and I will give them the advice that they require in order to make sure that within the context of that diet, they're doing it in the best way possible. Yeah, you know what I mean. That doesn't happen that often, and certainly I don't ever go trying to tell someone to do the keto diet. Gotcha, um, gotcha. If someone's doing a keto diet and they're open to expanding it, I'm obviously going to jump on that opportunity. But you know. It's important to respect people's choices and, and where they're at with things. And things like the keto diet, they rarely stick around for long as well because they are really challenging to sustain. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know what? I was thinking of this because I was reading some of your stuff because I wanted to make sure you were cool, Andy, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, I'm kidding you. I, 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 it's not – I love healthy debates and, you know, having – you know, arguments, you, you listen to different sides of it. But the, <laughs> I was, when I was looking at your website and your belief system, right? I'm not just saying this, it's almost identical to mine. So it's, right. you know what I mean? I'm like, wow, I don't know if we can, we'll have to give a lot of great information because there really isn't anything I disagree with, which is, I love that, which it goes to show you how we're, you know, people's minds are opening up. I feel to all the different foods they can enjoy in the world. And the reason I'm saying that is because when you were saying have fun with it and, you know, enjoy food and pick the food, you know, that, that you love and eat it every single day. In my book, there's one chapter, it doesn't go into diets and all that, but it just goes into food freedom. And I'm more right. about the emotional side of it versus, right. you know, meal plans and all that. And I, I mentioned the ones that I think are healthy out there and that you could draw from, but I'm very much like you, you know, you, you want to think about every day, not what you can eat, but what you can eat, you know, and hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm really crazy in that when I eat, I don't like to eat on the run. I, I have to like set it up and sit down and really enjoy it. Like I even had like colorful, like I want my neck and like everything to look good because I really do enjoy food and I eat it slow. So maybe I don't eat quite as healthy as some of my stricter friends, but I really embrace it. I enjoy it and I look forward to it. And I think that's a big part of my success, but the only thing is, the other thing that I think is a big thing is when you do have ice cream. I don't know if you ever heard of this, but you don't want to feel guilty. Like that's worse, you know, feeling guilty or bad for having a piece of pie. I don't know what your feelings are on that, but like if you're going to have it, like say I'm choosing to have it and I'm going to enjoy it. Well, look, I mean, when you eat, right, sometimes you're going to eat something because it's it's healthy and maybe you don't like it but you know it's really good for you so you're gonna have it anyway and sometimes you're gonna eat something because you want it independent completely independent of its nutritional value and neither one is wrong or right you know what i mean yeah. mm -hmm. and you know obviously of course you're not you're not wanting to feel ever feel guilty about having a food you enjoy and you have to be very honest with yourself you know and, and say listen you know if i if I, you know, I'm going to eat this, I'm going to have three pieces of cake right now. It's my birthday. You know what I mean? This is what I want. It makes me, I feel great after having it. You know, when you, when you, when you make that breakdown, if you're really honest with yourself about like the fact you enjoy the food and that it's really not, maybe it's not reflective of, of, of what you do every day because yeah, having three pieces of cake every day is not really what you want for yourself, yeah, but you want to have yeah. it sometimes. You know, you have to be honest and fair with yourself and also kind, you know what I mean? So, and when you actually break down things on that level, you'll see that rash, there's no rational reason to feel bad about having foods you enjoy. You're right. And I like the way that you said, like, you want to be honest with yourself because we just, um, you know, Halloween and there's all this candy and I was talking to a friend of mine and she admitted that she's really a healthy eater, eater sorry, but that when holidays come, she justifies it way too long, like all week long. It was Halloween, so I can eat all this right. candy, you know, versus, you know, hey, I'm going to treat myself on Halloween and have, a, you know, a piece of candy or whatever. And I said, well, how do you feel about that afterwards? And, you know, it sucks. She doesn't feel good about it. So that's being honest with yourself, like asking how you're going to feel if you eat all that candy. And how right. long is it going to take you, you know, to... <laughs> get 
back on track because I think a lot of people do that. It's my birthday. It's Christmas. It's Thanksgiving. It's, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. And there, you know, my, there might also be someone who has, who goes to Halloween, has Halloween candy all week. And it's like, yeah, okay. Perfect. You're right. I, I, no regrets. This is what I wanted to do. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's an individual thing. It, it, everyone's so different, right? So you can't, you can't, you can't generalize, I, I think, but I, I, what I always tell people is you have to be honest, fair, and also a little bit kind to yourself, you know what I mean? When you're assessing how you feel about your choices and how your choices make you feel and how, how what you think about your choices makes you feel, you have to be honest, fair, and kind. Like, you don't want to be too, well, everyone, like everyone's too hard on themselves, so you never want to, you never want to see that. Um, right. Because you know what? When you feel bad and guilty about overeating or eating the wrong foods, you end up doing it more, I think. You know, when you're kind and you're honest and you go, hey, that just happened, I think you end up eating healthier. I really do. Yeah. I mean, you have to embrace, like, if you like a certain food, you know what I mean? You know, I, like, I don't know, I enjoy potato chips. And when I want potato chips with dinner, I'm going to have them. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean, and I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to think twice about it. Now I have the the luxury of of you know being in the field of nutrition, having a generally strong dietary pattern, and so I'm in a I'm in a fortunate position where I can have that, and I don't even blink my eye. You know what I mean? And I know that's a lot yeah. hard. Like that can be very very hard for other people. Some of those and some of those people are the people that I work with. Um, you know, but you have to you have to kind of assess like in the bigger picture. Is having this brownie or this is this chips? Is this really going to do anything? Is this really worth even thinking about? And and you know if you have if you think about it honestly, only you know the answer to that to that question. But I I would like to think that yeah, and this is not a good thing. But most people are too hard on themselves, and they need to cut themselves some slack and and not be afraid to enjoy something just for the sake of enjoying it. You know what I mean? Because I uh, do. Yeah, because food's supposed to increase your quality of life, and how you interact with food should increase your quality of life. And if it's not, then you need to rethink that or seek help, um, professionally. You know, you know, seek help from a dietitian or someone else to adjust such that your interaction with food improves your quality of life and not detracts from it. You know what I mean? I do. I love that. I love that attitude. Yeah, embrace it. I love. What there's there's a couple books out there and. Um, it doesn't deal with how, you know, what you should eat, but just the emotional impact and the relationship with food. And like, I was reading here what you were saying, like, it's so social, you know, you enjoy it, you know, with your friends and family members and, and how it can be a big part of your life. And it can be looked at with, you know, love and fun, you know, yeah. and that to me is so freeing, you know, when you get to that point. All right, Andy. So, I want to back up because I want to make sure we get this in. When I said, yeah, oh, yeah, of course. Here's the here's the big question. Right. You said I think I know what it is. What did you think it was? Did you think it was about intermittent fasting uh, or what? I, I, I thought it might be that because I'm I'm pretty confident I might have wrote that in one of the uh, the pre podcast questions. And yeah. I know that's such a hot topic. It's actually something that um, I'm into in terms of in, in terms of practicing it and playing and discussing it and writing about it and researching it so that was my guess yeah so yeah you got it <laughs> so let's 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 go to it yeah, yeah. I, it wasn't i was just going off questions that people had asked me to ask you but ah uh, gotcha 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 yeah yeah um, so hit it yeah well okay it's 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 a massive topic and there's there's a lot of misconceptions I know. so we can only scratch the surface yeah yeah, yeah yeah i'm just trying to think where to start okay let me tell you why I got. Let me, let me start telling you why I got into it. Forget a. Forget me as a dietitian. Just me as a. I'm 32 years old. Okay, so I'm going to tell you why as myself as someone in my, who's in his low 30s who got into it. And let's start with that. Okay, how does that sound? Okay, sounds okay. good. So okay, this is all. Pu this is purely just me. Me as a person, not as a health professional. Okay, so I enjoy eating large meals. That's what makes me happy. And we just finished talking about. You know, making choices, feeling good, feeling good about the choices you make, and, and eating in a way that makes you happy. So eating large yep. meals is what makes me happy. I don't love eating small meals or kind of grazing or nibbling. That's just not for me. Okay. Okay. So 
in my so I'm relatively active, less so as I passed 30, just because I got busier professionally. Although I, I still stay really relatively active. So in my 20s, especially my late 20s, when I was probably in you know in my most active condition, I ate a lot, right? I ate big meals, I ate frequently. Now I tried to keep doing that into my 30s, you know. And as you know, as you may know, you know, as you get a little older, the metabolism slows down a little bit. You get yeah. busier with real life. You can't live like a, a, a make-believe pretend athlete anymore. And your calorie needs and your appetite goes down. So I was trying to eat. Like I was in my 20s when I was in my 30s. And I was getting – I was not hungry. I was not enjoying my food. I was getting bloated constantly. And I was like, okay, what do I do? I can't eat like I used to, but I don't like eating small meals. Crap. This, those two things don't go well together. So that's when I stumbled upon fasting because I realized when I I got comfortable with the idea of going a while without eating, whether it was 12, 14, 16, 18, 19, 20 hours, that my appetite would get to the level I wanted it to be such that I could eat a large meal that I enjoyed. And that was very, very important for me, for my quality of life, and even arguably for my mental health because that's... I, that's just something that makes me happy. And so fasting facilitated that for me by by kind of reconnecting me with the bigger appetite that I used to have. Even though I was eating less frequently, I could still enjoy large meals when I did eat. And that's why I landed on it. And so that's independent of all the research about potential health benefits and anything else. So I didn't do it. That I did it to enjoy my food more and to improve my quality of life. And that, which is why I think anyone should pursue any you know, dietary changes. But um, yeah, what do you think about that? That's, that's, that's the reason why I started dabbling in it. Uh, you know, I don't know that much about it. I haven't really, you know, researched it. I right. know that, okay, ready? True confession. Yeah, ready for please, yeah 100%. I don't know if I should be saying this, but who cares? I've always been up front. I hate eating breakfast. Right. I have my whole life. Right. And yes, like I said, 80% of the time I'm eating true, healthy, but then people that know me, know me, I'll eat anything. But I don't wake up hungry. Like I right. don't want to eat. Even when I taught a lot of classes, I would have to force myself to have a healthy, you know, cold pressed juice or shake right before I even taught noon classes or after because I didn't want to look at food. I would wake up and go, oh. And so for years, I just didn't tell people. I mean, I felt I had a lot of energy. I felt great. I would eat, like, just force myself to eat a juice or whatever, sometimes not even wanting to eat anything to three o'clock in the afternoon. Right. But eating like maybe a small salad or something like that. And then my big meal, this is what we're talking, this is most of my life, my big meal being dinner, which I'm a late night person. So eating dinner eight o'clock at night, and we're not saying it's this huge meal, but that was my big meal. And that's how right. I live. Like, but I would great, like I would eat, fruit or whatever throughout the day or whatever, you know, graze little things, but really looking forward to that one really nice meal. Yeah, that sounds sounds similar to me. That's this is opening up a really great conversation about breakfast. Now and I've heard back and forth like just stuff it in your mouth. Like if even if it's like take those pieces like is it like just and there's times I have done that. Like just take you know, that Greek yogurt or, you know, take that piece of fruit or whatever it is, crack, and make yourself eat it. I don't know yeah. what your views are on that. Yeah. Well, this is a great question. Okay. So here's the thing with breakfast. Okay. It's it, depending on the person, it can be a very important meal or it could not really matter. So the thing with breakfast is yet we're all led to believe, yeah, it's the most important meal of the day, this and that. For some people, that may be true. And don't get me wrong, like what when I tell you a little bit of myself and my story and why I tried fasting, this is not me telling people not to eat breakfast or whatever the case may be. If you love breakfast and you eat a yes. very healthy breakfast, by all means, you should continue to eat breakfast. Okay. But 
in my in, in practice, and I've seen this over the years, there are people who eat breakfast only for the reason they think they need to, not even because they're hungry, not because they love losing yes. sleep to make it, because they think they yes. need to. Yes. And that includes going to buy it out from, even if it's not a great choice, which costs them money, which isn't even necessarily the most nutritious thing they could do. And so that is where I'm, where I'm asking you to be kind of like honest with yourself, right? The honesty component, like, are you actually hungry in the morning? You know, do you actually, you know, do you, do you really enjoy breakfast? If yeah, breakfast is for you. But the idea that breakfast is the healthiest meal of the day, you need to eat it. Not so much, okay? There are certain foods that people might be more likely to eat at breakfast, like fruit, yogurt, nuts and seeds. These are healthy foods. So if you eat those at breakfast, and if you never ate breakfast, you would not eat those at other times during the day. You're going to miss out on those nutrients. So that's not good. But if you're able to identify the healthy foods you eat at breakfast and work those in elsewhere, and you don't really like breakfast anyway, you know what I mean? You're not missing out. When you when you do that now if you feel better when you eat breakfast that's another sign that breakfast is for you but you know breakfast is not for everyone and you don't need to feel bad if you don't eat breakfast like that's that's what i'm trying to say and obviously yeah. breakfast is is a very likely meal that could be missed in someone who's trying to play around with intermittent fasting right that's all that's the other you know elephant in the room there but uh yeah was that pretty clear my stands on that that was very yeah that was fair. yeah <laughs> that answers you know and I, I fell in that category for a little while, like not eating out, but forcing myself to eat something because I thought, okay, let, let me give this a shot. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe yeah. I'll feel better, but I didn't feel any better, you know, from doing that. So Yeah. And then there, there you go. You know what I mean? Your personal experience or anyone who's listening, you know, your personal experience, how you feel and how you respond to different ways you change what you're doing is really, really important because what works for somebody else may not work for you. You know what I mean? And that's a really general piece of advice and, you know, and, and, and working with a dietitian and stuff like that. Those are the kind of things that can help you understand what works for you. Yeah. You know, Andy, it's so funny. You know, I love, gosh, I don't even, I don't even know how to say this, but you're are very open minded for a, many of the registered dietitians that I've met. I don't know if you've interesting if that's okay. in your world. Um, I'm I, I'm I'm known to be like I, I think I'm like very middle of the road. So yeah, I mean I don't I, I try not to fall too far in, in one or another direction for sure. I, I don't know. Yeah, it seems to me that unless the, it's changed, you know, because I haven't really. That's like I said, I'm not diving into it every day. Right. And I don't like to draw conclusions. You know, maybe I was at a convention and I thought, ooh, this is seems to me to be very old school, you know, versus, you know, the way we talk about nutrition, um, you know, amongst my friends and, and in the industry, it's more how you're presenting yourself. And so I didn't know how you felt about that because you're, you know, you're fairly young. So... Do you think it's changed a lot of what you're learning in school versus 20 years ago? I think what I would say is I don't know that what's being taught in school is changing, but the level to which especially young dietitians are engaged outside of strict academics is changing. Social media, people having their own websites, their own blogs their own online businesses. That I think is what's changing. Now, I can't speak to the academic component. I'm not involved in, okay. in, in, in monitoring that or the curriculum and stuff like that. But I think what's definitely changing is people are finding niches outside of the academic component that they engage in self-study or, or, or that attracts them. And and I Good think, point. I think, and that differs, different dietitians fall into different niches. You know what yeah. I mean? And so, and so that, I think that component and the role that social media is playing in that and, and, and the value of having an online presence, I think that is probably what has changed in the last, you know, five, 10 years. That, that's, that's, a, that's a good point. That's a really good point. And that's allowed people to have so many like different 
ways to be healthy, which I love. Like they're it by having the online presence and people having their own businesses, people, which I think is the most important thing, just like a trainer can find someone that they really relate to, you know what I mean? That fits them. And I think that's really like the most important thing, you know? Oh, it is. It, it, it is. Yeah, yeah. We need different dietitians with different beliefs and value systems because different people out there have different beliefs and value systems. And the more people that are out there, the more likely someone could find a dietitian that resonates with them. You know what I Which mean? Which is just as important as like a therapist, you know, it's the same thing or, oh, yeah, you know, a yeah, life coach. Absolutely. It's, it's that important. All right. So I, I know we're going to have to wrap up here. And I, I have like so many more questions, but we'll maybe we'll invite you back to the show. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> you know, I just want to make sure that I've gotten in everything that you wanted to get in. And I think we did. We covered most things. Uh, I love the way I want to back up again and just say how you said about poking fun at food trends. Like, yeah, make you laugh. Like you don't just because it's hot right now doesn't mean you have to go out there and do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Just make sure you don't make your friend who's in the keto diet feel too bad, though. That's the only thing. I mean, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, no. I, the reason why I mention that is because, you know, what I do on, on social media is, on Instagram in particular, is I do a lot of food humor type stuff. And so I do make light. I don't. I won't say I make fun of, but I do make light of the more, uh, you know, dogmatic trends or the more popular trends out there. And it's hard to kind of describe. I mean, I would honestly encourage people to, to follow me on Instagram. It's just Andy the RD, and 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 you'll see what I mean by that. Um, but yeah, I think say I, that again once, Andy, because I think it cut off. Andy, sure. say it after it's, that. So it's Andy the RD. So it's just A N D Y T H E R D. That's my Instagram. Um, All right, got it. So you'll kind of see. It's hard to it's hard to explain in words. But you'll see what I mean by that. I think no, they just just go on, go on and look at it. Yeah, yeah, as I, I think as you can. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's it's good not to take not to take yourself too seriously and not to take food too seriously. You know what I mean? Um, and obviously, you have to know you know who who you're dealing with and, and and all that stuff. But I think I think food has become too polarized and people take their stances on food a little bit too seriously now food is worthy it's a worthy frontier to engage in you know debate on but sometimes yeah. we just take it a little bit too seriously and i try and although i'm very professional and i am really big on evidence-based blogging and writing i do also mix humor in there because i think that that's what's missing a little bit is just to ease a little bit of the tensions we're all uh, we all have and, and kind of just like relax a little bit just a little bit around uh, our thoughts and feelings ooh. about food Ooh, before you go i know yeah. i have to get this one. i'm going through all the questions and i i have to get this one in so what do you feel about people going and um getting the tusk done to see what they're lacking before they even embark on any nutrition program? Well, look, I mean, I mean, getting blood work done, you know, with a doctor is, you know, something that should be done, you know, somewhat regularly, you know what I mean? That's, that's fine. But a, a good dietitian is going to kind of figure out pretty quickly based on your eating style, what you fall short in. So I would say you don't, you could do that step if you wanted to hundred percent. Mm -hmm. But, okay. I, I, you know, dietitians are, are pretty savvy at figuring out, you know, what nutrients you're going to be falling short in. Now, obviously, we can't just read your blood work by looking at you. So that's, you know, that's still valuable. But um, you'd be surprised. Like, I mean, we can we can take a look at the things you eat, the things you don't and, 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 and know pretty quickly where your gaps are. So, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't worry too much if you're interested. If someone's interested in working with a dietitian. I wouldn't worry too much about doing prep work. If you feel you're ready to talk and you're ready to implement some changes, then uh, a dietitian will be more than happy to, uh, you know, direct you and, and guide you and, and, and work with you towards that. Yeah. Let me ask you this because you keep mentioning a dietitian. There's yeah. so many people out there that are different types of nutrition coaches. Do you think, I mean, are you a firm believer to make sure they're a registered dietitian? Well, Here's I know that's thing. a loaded question that I'm asking you. For yeah, 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 being yeah. A registered well, dietitian. I'm obviously going to advocate advocate for my profession. I mean, you know, dietitians, the level of training, the level of education is much higher than any random person who may be giving nutrition advice. Okay, 
Now, I'm not really like I'm much more interested in, in, in representing dietitians well than talking down on other people. Good point. You know what I mean? And Good it's answer. And it's possible that the best nutritionist is better than the worst dietitian. But on the average, if you pluck one of each from random, you're probably going to find the dietitian is is more competent, more in touch with the best evidence and has, a, you know, that's if you want an honest answer, that's what I would say. Um, I like it. I like your style. Yeah. I love it. That's a good answer. Yeah, but Very I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I love my work speak for itself. And, you know, sometimes the power of someone resonating with you independent of what profession they happen to be in exactly maybe that's that's more important than their education i mean i don't know that it should be but hey maybe that and that for certain instances it is but yeah listen i mean dietitians are are generally the way to go and obviously i'm going to advocate for for dietitians here so good answer yeah <laughs> all right andy <laughs> well this is a big topic and i'm sure you could we could go for like hours and just talk about gluten-free you know but sure gotta... sure 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 next time next Ooh. time yeah but we got to wrap up here is there but before we do is there anything we didn't get in that you want to get in nothing nothing big i would just tell like i mean i, I would just self-promote myself i go to go to my instagram go to my website which is also andyvrd.com if you kind of like the way my stance on things i have a blog and uh, you know, I write I write blog posts relatively frequently, so I would yeah I would do that. But no, I think I think we talked we touched on the uh, the, the major topics that I want to discuss. And I hope your uh, hope your husband watches the Game Changers and maybe considers eating uh, some more plants. Ooh, okay. <laughs> I just gotta kick my butt, but no, I think it's it's a good idea. I'm you know I'm gonna watch it too just to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. watch. I'll be happy to hear what you have to say about it. And it's not perfect, but it's it's. It comes from a good place, so. Yeah. Well, Andy, it's been a pleasure having you on. And for everyone listening, I know, I know you got some valuable stuff out of this podcast. So make sure you share it along and make sure you check out Andy. I can't wait. I'm going to look at more of his Instagram stuff. That'll be a lot of fun. And until next time, just have a lot of fun. And you know what I'm going to say. Toodles. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And remember, keep spreading the positive.